Good afternoon, good morning. It's Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we speak with leaders and customer channel and brand loyalty about the technology, trends, and best practices that drive customer engagement and impact customer loyalty. Our guests provide tactical solutions and expert advice on building and maintaining customer relationships. Today, we have Sam Panzer, who's the Director of Industry Strategy, Talon One. And we're going to be talking about the 2024 uh, trends in customer loyalty and some of the opportunities that uh, he is seeing within uh, his organization, Talon One, uh, from the brand side. So, Sam, thank you very much for talking with us. Uh, great to have you here today. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, excited to be here. Oh, perfect. So first off, for those who may not know, we'd like to start these on a more personal level. So we'd love to know a little bit more about yourself, uh, your current role, Talon One, and maybe a little bit about your back background. Yeah, sure. So Talon One, we're a loyalty and promotions engine for a brand. So we really are kind of focused on like the evaluation of incentives, be that through loyalty rewards and challenges, tiers and all that, or just kind of general promotions. Working with brands like Adidas, Ticketmaster, Eddie Bauer, FanDuel, Harry Rosen, um, on their incentive strategy. So focused on bringing in customer data, uh, session data, all the, all these kind of different streams of data to evaluate personalized targeted incentives in a, in a loyalty or promotional context. I lead our value practice, so we do some strategy work with our customers and lots around kind of program modeling, ROI, anything business value. Uh, I love to get really geeky with our customers about. Okay, great. And for those who may not be familiar, can you give us a brief overview of Talon One, uh, what you guys do, how you do it, what brands you work with? Uh, it'd be great to know. Yeah, I mean, we're, we work with a couple different industries. Retail and fashion are, is one of our biggest ones. So I'll just kind of, kind of give a case on that, where we focus on bringing in different data about customers, items, uh, anything in the session, et cetera, and then evaluating what's like the right offer to get to that customer to motivate them to do what you want them to do. So it's a lot of a lot around kind of, you know, what's like the minimum amount we need to invest to change the customer's behavior. So it's like we have a rules-based approach to, to building promotional incentives. Could be like a loyalty challenge if it's a member of this tier and their lifetime value is here and they haven't purchased us in three months, then let's let's give them an offer on uh, a category that we know they like or try and nudge, nudge them to try a new category. Could also be rewarding them for taking different actions like sharing data with the brand or those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the, the short of it is like the engine to evaluate that and to bring in different data and to evaluate that in, in real time is, is really, really important to us. Um, so work with a lot of really strong, you know, leaders in customer loyalty and, and promotions, especially so, uh, Sephora, Adidas, um, Domino's, River Island, Debenhams, uh, to, to name, to name a couple of about 250, uh, enterprise customers around the globe. Excellent. Uh, over the last 12 months, we've seen uh, within our community, the growing brand community, that brands are looking to uh, change, enhance uh, their customer loyalty efforts, either by adding functionality, uh, changing program structures, or enhancing or changing the, the benefits. Is this something that you are seeing with uh, in your audience? And if so, what are your clients most focused on changing or adapting? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the space just keeps getting smarter. We, we, for the last 10 years or so, the technology has been so good that basically loyalty is a, is a, is a ball game that any brand can play from your 
corner coffee shop to obviously like the the you know the 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 biggest brands that have been doing it for for decades. And I think in that in that really competitive market, there's been um, you know, a lot of programs that have launched just because it was kind of a cool, trendy thing to do. And, and now what I'd say we're seeing is is really like a rationalization of benefits with brands getting a lot smarter on what is loyal behavior and being more focused on rewarding that. Sounds really basic, but I do think that, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, programs launch because it sounded like a good project to do that could drive a little bit of, uh, you know, a little, little bit of incre- incremental value. Um, but I think you've seen a lot of kind of like scattershot programs that just give like a perpetual liability to every customer that signs up, be a bit more precise and kind of naming these are the behaviors that we define as loyal, if that's sharing data, purchasing cross category. Um, you know, like Delta's had a really kind of uh, a bit of turbulence around there uh, that changed to, to the sky miles this year. But I think they're kind of great example of like for a long time, basically anybody that flew Delta with any regularity got some pretty good value from the program. And and this year they announced some changes for 2025 that some of them they rolled back. But the, the gist is really for us, loyal behavior is, you know, a booking your hotel, booking a car and flying very regularly and preferably in, in you know, premium classes upsetting a lot of more casual travelers who who aren't doing all those things but it's an example of how brands are getting clear about no for us like loyal behavior is really doing the whole kit and caboodle if you travel through delta and that's what we're going to reward through our program not like the people like me who fly a couple times a year uh in in yeah in steerage class excellent uh, you know what program changes enhancements do you think brands should be most focused on in 24. yeah i think there, there are two so the the, the come to mind for us most often so the first is the how does the loyalty program support the, the firm's data strategy? Um, so loyalty programs obviously are a great vehicle for both collecting and using zero and first party data. There's changes that have been underway uh, in terms of like third party cookies and stuff. So by the end of next year, Google Chrome will phase out 99% of the their third party cookies. So basically like third party data is just becoming more expensive and less, less usable. So then what do firms do? Obviously, they need to they need to collect and and you know kind of uh, uh, manage their own estate in terms of customer data. Loyalty programs are just a really good vehicle to 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 collect that, obviously. So to to understand, have a higher share of customers who are registered and logged in, to be able to reward customers for 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 sharing data with the brand, filling up preference centers or, or surveys, those kinds of things. And then to actually put that to use by having enough data where you can market to the user on more of a one-to-one basis. So I'd say that maybe like the, the the most noteworthy change in the last three to four years, it's really feels like it's accelerating to next year is what's the data strategy of the company and how is the loyalty program helping the brand get towards this idea of like data completeness. I'm sure that most brands have a long-term goal around like, you know, AI strategy and all that, but, but to do that, you need good data. And I think that loyalty programs are really good at advancing, uh, you know, advancing towards that. And the second one, keep this brief, is just the idea of being really smart about your investment into the customer. Um, the economy has been really challenging the last 18 months, so more scrutiny and more focus on being efficient with anything you're passing back to customers through acquisition spend and retention spend. When you look at uh, measurement, measurement is very important. Uh, the economy has kind of changed uh, a little more challenging in, in some areas than, than others. But when brands make these changes, how should they define and measure success after making these enhancements or changes to the loyalty program? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say I, I help our customers both with like the initial ROI program models and then also like quantifying the improvement to your program. And it's almost easier to like measure improvements to things rather than quantifying the value in the first place. Um, but I think, you know, kind of alluded to this already, but this, that there's there's been a shift happening of moving from 
from what you call like a passive uh, uh, earn and burn, like static program where everybody's getting the same benefits and then more towards a more personalized targeted direction. As you make that improvement, that means you're going to have more, uh, you know, like micro moments uh, with customers. So different permutations of offers, different activations you try, there's going to be kind of more of a dense calendar of like different things that are that are going out to the customer. So as that vehicle become, moves from like this kind of passive model towards a more active, um, you know, iterative uh, yeah, marketing vehicle for the brand, you have more opportunities to measure individual activations or attempts within that. So I think a big thing that we try and work through with our customers is how do you take some of the the, the modeling that you might see more in like campaign level attribution and marketing attribution of like individual offers and then move that into like your loyalty context to see what are the, all the different things we're trying and then kind of measuring the impact of each of those experimentation experiments or, or, or activations. Okay. Brands uh, tell us pretty consistently that they want to stand out from their competition and then differentiate their customer loyalty strategies, customer experience offerings. Uh, but there's this quote-unquote sea of sameness. We've seen it for a couple of years now when it comes to customer loyalty or rewards programs and strategies. Is this something you're seeing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a big, uh, probably, you know, a majority of our customers are in retail and in fashion, which is like a really mature space in loyalty. I think back to when when I was, uh, yeah, when I was growing up, like Kohl's rolled up, rolled out the Kohl's cash thing in like 2004, which is, you know, Kind of a loyalty program, cashback scheme, whatever. But I feel like there's been like 20 years of of of, of pretty steady, uh, yeah, growth in like retail loyalty, especially. And I think if you look at like the NRF's top 100 list, it's like 90, 90 some 90 percent, I think, have a loyalty program. And then the rest are like Amazon and Apple and kind of ones that you could get that that don't have a explicit loyalty program. Um, I mean, I think it's just it, it is so busy in in retail, especially. Um, so there's really no room to differentiate just by having a loyalty program. It's probably not really going to move behavior um, in a way that it might have a couple of years ago and it was just less crowded. And when you look at brands who are looking to enhance their their offerings, are there one or two things that you would recommend to them that they should consider when they're looking to you know increase the efficacy or impact of the programs? Yeah, I think... Um, I, I mean, I guess I, I'm, I'm a, I really am a big believer in like being able to measure the effectiveness of individual things you try in the context of the program. And in terms of like differentiating, I think that obviously anything your program does that's, that you should really kind of like accentuate what are the values of the brand and like what's what's kind of the lifestyle that your brand is helping helping your customers achieve as much as possible. Um, so one, just to call an example of a customer launch this year, it's Harry Rosen's luxury menswear, um, menswear uh, uh, clothier, um, and they have their Club Harry program, which they relaunched with us this year. And, and I think Club Harry does a good job of like bringing some of the brand to life in, in, in a loyalty program that still has points and tiers and kind of, you know, more predictable behavior from retail loyalty program. But the benefits really kind of call the life, okay, Harry Rosen stuff is really high quality menswear. So first of all, there's like alterations and repairs are part of the program that you get, you know, free alterations and then free repairs for the next year. But the top tier, what I really like is because their ideal customer is very likely to be kind of a, a business traveler who has premium status with their airline, the benefits in, in Club Harry look similar to that where you can transfer points to friends and family, or you can gift status to a couple of, uh, to I think up to five people at their top tier. Um, so, it, you know, I think it brings to like, brings to life like this, this 
uh, I don't know, like culture of like of, of high end business traveler that's a, a likely kind of you know frequent fit for the brand. Um, so I think like the exact benefits vary a lot, but really kind of being true to okay, what's the lifestyle around your brand and 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 what are your customers? Uh, what's actually differentiating in your brand and finding a way to kind of like highlight that, underscore it with uh, with the program. Excellent. And privacy is another area of uh, growing concern for uh, brand members uh, with regard to both uh, things they see in, in the U.S. as well as in, in Europe and abroad. You know, when you look at some of the legislative and corporate uh, uh, challenges that brands have, you know, is uh, what are you seeing in regard to privacy uh, in regard to impacts or challenges brands may be having? Yeah, we're 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 a German company, so so you know a lot of our customers and most of our businesses is in the U.S. and we're also after APAC, but our entire research and development team is still in in Berlin, Germany. So we're we're uh, we're we're baptized in in data privacy because Germans take that really really seriously. And obviously, you know, starting with GDPR and continuing with some new stuff this year, data privacy in Europe has has been a lot stricter. So you know, something we we pay a lot of attention to. I would say that most of the changes in the US are coming from private entities. So from like the very large online platforms, uh, the browsers, um, operating systems, and like the, the use of third party data and tracking. Um, so that's like the that that's that feels like that's been a more impactful needle that, that's moved in, in the US versus like government action. Um, so I don't know. The, the trend line's clear. There, there's always kind of some back and forth of exactly like what the changes are and when they're coming. Um, but it does kind of get back to this idea of, yeah, things need to be built on like a consensual marketing relationship um, where you're transparently collecting and using customer data and yeah, in like a way where the customer knows what's going on, what they're sharing, why it's being shared, what it's going to be used for. Um, and I don't know, unless you uh, yeah, Lloyd's programs are really kind of where that shines because it's a chance to yeah ask for that in kind of a really clear way and have a clear value proposition associated with 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 sharing that. Excellent. When you look at uh, some of the ch challenges or opportunities brands have with regard to customer loyalty, what do you think the biggest mistake brands make is regarding their customer loyalty efforts? Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I think being really clear again about like what loyal behavior really is for the brand and, and modeling out like different ways that your customers will react to the benefits that you give. So, I mean, I think it's, it, it always sounds so basic to say that, but I don't know, like, like you should really kind of have a clear assumption of exactly how the lineage program is going to change behavior. So is that increasing your basket size, increasing frequency, improving sentiment. So customers refer more people in um, those kinds of things and being a, a lot more clear eyed about that other than just saying that, you know, we think this will boost general customer, I don't know, uh, needs to kind of have a really clear thesis of exactly how the program will, will drive revenue and kind of having a pretty, a pretty, pretty focused list of like the outcomes the program will drive. I think sometimes large programs are launched purely as a brand activation, almost because they feel like it's like it's something missing in their in their in their arsenal uh, uh, for the brand. So like we don't have a loyalty program, so we'll launch a loyalty program. But we don't really kind of think exactly about like what are the different levers. It's more true for kind of smaller brands. Obviously, enterprise can be a bit more mature on that. Um, so I think being really really outcome driven and being as specific as you can about the outcomes you're trying to drive is probably like the most important foundational thing that brands occasionally will miss. So when you look at uh, how rewards may be challenging, changing, uh, they're also challenging as well. 
there's a there's a movement towards more personalized rewards uh, that we continue to see you know, whether it's content or product offers or both uh, in service offerings for even B two B clients. You know, what are you seeing with regard to brands who are uh, you know focusing on enhancing the reward offers that that brands have the incentives from a customer value proposition? Yeah, I think I mean there's definitely like a huge push towards more experiential benefits and I, you know for me experiential is a is a pretty big bucket obviously it includes like literal in-person experiences and digital experiences but it's also really anything else the program offers to yet to, to improve your like life and to kind of do things other than like the core commercial relationship with uh with the brand so i think i think that's definitely the main shift is like what can we do other than points and discounts um, so huge focus for us in the last like two years has been partnership driven programs. So what are like the kind of complementary other products and services that you can introduce your your customers to? That's been a thing in in telco and credit card loyalty for a long time, but I think it's really entering into new sectors, um, including in, in in retail certainly. So I think that that's been a really exciting area for us. You know, a couple examples. That's a talked about Harry Rosen where, you know, you've got these free alterations, point transfers um, on the, the partnership driven stuff. So built rewards is a customer bars. I talk about a lot um, where you can earn points of paying rents and they have a MasterCard and the, the benefits are all partner driven. They have hundreds of different partners that you can redeem with. Um, one that I really like is you can, you can use your built rewards points to book soul cycle spin classes which just kind of speaks to like their ideal customer. And it's like, okay, it's not just a MasterCard. It's kind of helping you unlock this cool urban millennial Gen Z kind of lifestyle around the brand. And then like a, uh, on the other side of that, we also have some really kind of uh, less like flashy programs, like uh, like site one is the landscaping business where one of the benefits is helping you file your tax returns. So those are like, you know, is filing your tax returns like a, an experiential thing? I, I would say, yes, it's not like the most fun experience, but the brand kind of saying, in a business to business context, that's the pain of being a small business owner. So we'll get you a deal on TurboTax or something to help you file that more, more easily and to get like the premium support from TurboTax at, at a better rate, um, those kinds of things. Um, so I think get yeah, kind of the partnership driven uh, stuff to be able to deliver more experiences um, can also be obviously ways to kind of work out the commercials where that's a really efficient uh, reward for the business to give out to. Excellent. Um, when you look at the brands you should be considering experiential rewards, is, are experiential rewards good for every brand? And if so, how do they determine which experiential reward from both a cost, from an offering, from a timing, from a, a tier base is appropriate? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously like the most exciting thing when you can find out a partnership with a third party that wants access to your customers and where your customers will want like a deal with that brand. And you can kind of like, uh, I don't know, work on a partnership that's like commercially neutral or even positive for for the, the loyalty program operator. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the first thing is to like look for look for win wins. Um, I don't know. It's like I'm always kind of surprised by this one. I feel like there's it, it's worth exploring in so many different spaces because there's you know, partnership driven rewards from like utility companies and stuff where there's not necessarily like a, an emotional connection between the utility and the partner benefit that they're offering through their their program. Um, but just because it's meaningful to the member, it's still worth doing because it increases their likelihood that they're going to stick with you instead of switching to a competitor. So I, I'd say like the playbook varies a lot from from business to business. And, and you know, it's very likely that you, you'll look into this and realize that there's just not not a way to 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 make this work commercially. 
Um, but I, I would say that there's like, it's at least worth exploring for, for just about any business. I can't really think of like an industry where it's not um, something that's worth at least looking into. Obviously it's technically really difficult to like manage the, the validation with a third party technically. So that's a big focus for us for the customers. How can we manage like the sequence of API calls to, to handle that? Um, so it's difficult, but I, I do think it's, it's, it's really worth kind of, yeah, worth kind of exploring. There's lots of room for efficiency there. Excellent. When, when you look at some of the challenges you see with regard to customer loyalty offerings, uh, you know, strategy, technology, you know, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that you see that brands are coming to Talon One uh, with? Yeah, for I mean, for us, like a, a really common one is is that okay, we have like a, a static. I guess like most of the customers that we work with come to us with a, a static loyalty program that's like earn and burn points and tiers, um, but it's just not like iterative like it doesn't kind of evolve from there it's just like kind of a this like, this like perpetual liability that we have with our customers so i think we we do really well or the challenge that we most frequently help with is moving towards more of like a iterative approach in in, in loyalty especially on on being real time it's one of like my biggest pet peeves as a customer when i sign up for a program i make a purchase and then like i don't really see anything different until my profile updates like three days later or only when like the, the the return window passes for the item do I like see that. So I think for for us like a big focus is how do we how do we make sure that we're everything about the program is being evaluated in real time before, during, and after purchase. So that even in like the order confirmation email, you can start to communicate, hey, here's like the progress that you're making towards your next reward milestone or the next tier. Um, because it's really powerful psychological stuff. You can show users that they're working towards something and they only have this far to go or this much to add to the basket to next to, to hit the next tier. There's so much of this like moment marketing that that I think program operators leave on the table just because there's an overnight sync with their loyalty program uh, legacy technology before you can show anything uh, in the program. So I think that's like for us is the most important thing is like being kind of involved throughout the customer experience in real time. Um, again, like throw it if it's an e-commerce play, if it's showing value, like you know, throw it the, the 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 shopping experiences on the checkout page in the order confirmation emails, um, so they really kind of know what they're working towards and, and what they need to do next to get you know an attractive reward. Excellent. When you look at real-time interactions, that's something that uh, we're seeing a, a significant amount of interest: retail, restaurant, uh, QSR, uh, fuel. You know, with the move to more uh, real-time interactions, uh, you know, is that a challenge for some uh, brands to meet, uh, not only from a technology perspective, but from the right content, from the right offering, kind of being in the moment? Uh, you know, how, how do brands uh, do that effectively? How should they be looking at that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely one of those things where you need to do a pretty comprehensive, I don't know, I, you could call it an audit of just like where where are the lags and overnight syncs and weekly manual BI jobs that are like stitching everything together. I think that like for, for kind of the more commercial managers or the marketing managers of a program, they might just kind of not understand like where the, you know, they, they, it's just always worth reinvesting, reinvestigating exactly where those delays are. Um, you know, I'd say that like for us, like in terms of like being the actual loyalty program, tech, like the evaluation of different benefits and incentives, you know, we, we, we know like we're good on that, but there might be something in like the, the CRM, the CDP, or like the point of sale system where that's like a, a delayed or 
your store is, I don't know, offline 20% of the time because the internet in the shopping mall that you're in sucks, like all those kinds of things, just to understand, okay, like where's the where's the connectivity breaking down in the stack and, and making yeah. sure that you know, um, yeah, exactly kind of where, yeah, where, where real time is not, uh, yeah, where the blockers to real time are. Okay. Excellent. Well, Sam, this has been very uh, interesting uh, getting your perspective on some of the challenges and opportunities for 2024 for brands and customer loyalty. Uh, since you're on the front lines, it's great to get your perspective. So thank you very much for taking the time to share today. Thanks a lot, Mark. Great to, great to, to, to chat with you today. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you join us back for another edition of Loyalty Live. And until then, have a wonderful day.